Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. Jeremy Foster says, as we go into this message today, Jeremy Foster says, don't ever underestimate your ability to be distracted by things that don't matter. Don't ever underestimate your ability to be distracted by things that don't matter. There are a lot of us who different stages and different seasons uh, will cause us to focus on stuff that has no importance at all. Uh, but we focus on it, and if you're not careful, you'll focus on things that do not matter, and it will throw you off. As we look at this, I wish that I were, um, could make an announcement today and tell you, Brandon, that um, I'm one of those people um, who get the message the first time it was given to me. I wish I could make that announcement, uh, but I can't. Uh, for me, maybe not you, but just for me, I've had to repeat things a few times. Maybe not you. I'm probably outnumbered by the many of you all who are so much smarter than I am. But I'm, you know, not as smart as many of you. Um, so just to give you my resume, just to let you know, I, I had to repeat classes. Um, I had to repeat tests. Um, it's my story, not yours. I even had to repeat the learner's permit about three times. Then I had to repeat the driver's license test twice. My story, not yours. I did. I had to. If I wasn't careful, I almost had to repeat my senior year in high school because I thought I was going to get through by singing and not studying. Um, Actually, Jason, I don't y'all judge me, and if you do, you might be dismissed, but I had to, uh, I got kicked out of college. Yep, I did. No, y'all didn't know that. You're like, what? Yeah, y'all know the more refined me, but, um, you know, I had quite a record on campus. It wasn't for drugs, but it was for other things, but um, I got kicked out of college, and um, I had to eventually come back at a later time in my life and repeat what I messed up. And I had to graduate later because I didn't do what I was supposed to do the first time. I repeated some dumb mistakes. I repeated a lot of life lessons. Um, there were times where I learned what I needed to know. And then I went back and did the same dumb thing again and had to repeat the lesson all over again. Is that my only one? Or y'all, I mean, I know I said I was outnumbered because y'all have never done that. But I repeated I have repeated so many lessons and so many things. I repeated messed up relationships. I've invited people that I knew were not good in my life over and over again. And when the Lord was trying to speak to me, I just ignored what he was trying to say. And I had to repeat the same lesson over and over again. And I've gotten to the point now in my life where I don't want to repeat any more seasons. <laughs> I don't want to repeat any more lessons. I'm at the point in my life right now, and I'm like, Lord, if you want to get my attention, whatever you want to say, I'm ready. 
Is there anybody in the room right now who would just lift your hands? You don't have to say nothing to your mask. Just lift your hands and say, Lord, whatever you want to say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, and I felt like this message was for you, and it felt like it's for me as well, because there are a lot of us who are tired. Let me tell you something. This is just off the cuff. This is not in my notes. I don't ever, maybe I'm the only person, I don't ever want to see 2020 again. Y'all might be in love with this year. My daughter called uh, my wife the other day, and uh, she said, Mama, and she said, uh, you and Daddy-O are the only one who got to celebrate y'all's birthday this year because y'all Aquariuses. <laughs> but everybody else, I'm sorry for the rest of y'all don't do astrology. I'm sorry. But for, he, said, uh, he said, but for the rest of us, we've had to have socially distant birthdays, and we've had to celebrate virtual. Y'all the only ones who got to have a party. I said, are you mad? No, just wait. <laughs> you know, but... I have felt sorry for so many people on so many different levels, not just with birthdays and all that type of stuff, but funerals that you've not been able to celebrate the life of the person who meant so much to you, weddings that people have had to, um, you know, um, the person who would actually object your mer a marriage is not able to show up that time. You know, you, you, you want those naysayers to be in attendance. You know, it's just you, you just haven't been able to do life the way you want to. And I just don't want to repeat this year again. And when we look at this particular scripture, as I go through that, as I look through the scripture, we find that the, the story of Elijah, for many of you who do not know Elijah, um, there's still that ringing. Those of you who don't know Elijah, Elijah in, I, I think, around 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, that's not the first mention of him, but some of the things that he had done in, verse, in chapter 17, we find that Elijah showed up and Elijah had ministered to a widow who was preparing to die. The widow was preparing to make something for her and her son, and that widow was getting ready to die, and um, that was it. Then the prophet showed up, and he said, you know, the word of the Lord is that you are supposed to do something for me first, then you can prepare, prepare to die. Uh, the prophet was uh, basically saying, put God first, and then watch him take care of your stuff. He did that, and later on, even when the woman's son uh, died, it says that same prophet that she administered to first, it says that that man, that prophet, that man of God was able to speak life back into our son and raise her son back up to life. That is the Elijah that was able to be used by God. Then later on, we find out that that same Elijah uh, was in a situation where there was uh, the battle of who is the God, who is the great God. And it was the battle between the prophets of Baal. And then God allowed uh, Elijah to be used. He said, you know, do whatever, uh, bring out whatever stops you want to make for your prophets. And let's see who proves to be the true God. These prophets came out and they did all these type of things. And Elijah even made fun of them. He said, perhaps your God is hard of hearing. Perhaps your God uh, needs you to do certain things. They cut themselves. They did everything uh, for them to be able to show that their God was the true God. But the story uh, finds out as God is, he may not come when you want him. But when he does come, he always shows out. So God showed out. And when God showed out, he had sent fire from heaven. Usually fire starts from earth and then goes up. Because that's what man does. Man manipulates things and then they start a fire. But the way God starts, he doesn't need any manipulation. He sends fire and he, and he defies odds because he's so supernatural. He sent fire down from heaven and lapped up all the water and proved to be God. And then all of the false prophets were then at the command of Elijah able to be destroyed and killed that very same day. 
King Ahab left. I know for some of you, you're like, these words, these people I've never heard because you're used to have and have nots and those type of stories. But I want you to read your Bible. It will bless you. Somebody put somebody just say right now, it'll bless you. It'll bless you. So in the Bible, it says there's a man by the name of King Ahab. And and he was upset because he was relying on these false prophets. You have to be careful on who you rely on in this season. He relied on people who were not true. Some of you are in alliances with people that you know are not true, but you are scared to switch your circle and and, and so you're used to being around tricky flaky people but you're scared of leaving what is false to go to that which is true so Ahab had an alliance with those things which are false and God proved that that was not going to work Uh, when he proved that that wasn't going to work and God was the only true God Ahab was upset and he ran back to his wife Um, as some people do they run back and pout Ran back to his wife. His wife's name was Jezebel. Uh, went to his wife, Jezebel, and he went to her and he said, she said, what's wrong, baby? said, God took my false prophets. How did he take your false prophets? He took them by some man named Elijah. So you mean God used a man to destroy over four hundred false prophets these were prophets that we were making money from we were we were growing because of we we knew that it was false but the people didn't because we had manipulated them to believe whatever we showed them (laughs) what happens when God uncovers your lie How do you operate when God exposes you in front of everybody? So he exposed their trick and exposed their lie. Said, silly rabbit, tricks are for kids. Just exposed it. And Jezebel, as all Jezebels do, got upset because you messed with her stuff. For some of you who always want to say someone has a Jezebel spirit, Jezebel's spirit is not one who wears tight clothing. Jezebel's spirit is not one who wears short skirts. Jezebel's spirit is not one who sleeps with other people's husbands. That's what you have believed it to be, but the people who define that are people who have never read the Bible. So the passed down things that we've been saying in the sanctified church for years, when somebody who does not know God comes in and does not know church protocol comes in, somebody comes in, doesn't know how to dress accordingly. And we say they have a Jezebel spirit. And then we make people that we're supposed to be catching uncomfortable and we lose them because we say they have a Jezebel spirit, which we define as a loose spirit. Jezebel's spirit is not a loose spirit. A Jezebel's spirit is an unrestrained spirit. Jezebel's spirit is one who does not submit to God, but submits to themselves. Jezebel's spirit will who will always defy order and make their own order. One who wants to make sure that things are the way they want them to be and not the way God wants them to be. 
said they will always get upset when God shows himself to be the true God because they thought they were God. That is a Jezebel spirit. One who cannot be controlled but wants to control. One who cannot submit but wants to be submitted to. One who cannot be led but wants to lead. One who cannot follow but wants to have a title. That is a Jezebel spirit. One who cares not for people but cares about them. So Jezebel got upset because it messed up her stuff. So all of a sudden, Jezebel, and I don't want to stay too long there because I don't want to get anybody uncomfortable and upset. So all of a sudden, Jezebel got upset because of what happened. And in the midst of that, she then said she was going to attack Elijah. Now, mind you, I told you Elijah was just used greatly of God. Did y'all remember that? God used him greatly to do great things. So according to how I know Elijah, I just assumed that Elijah would rely on God like he had normally done and seen God do something great. No, I feel like get out. No, 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 no. That's not what Elijah did. All of a sudden, Elijah got on the run and started leaving because he was attacked. All of a sudden, you would think that Elijah would rely on God, but it's still, instead of him relying on God, he runs from a woman who is being used by the enemy to attack him. Now, lest you judge Elijah, who are you running from? It's quiet in the sanctified community right now. Who are you avoiding to respond to in text message right now? Because of them exposing that you're not relying on God anymore. Elijah was used of God in one second. He was used by God in one moment. But the next minute, all of a sudden, when he got a perceived threat or attack, he started running. A prophet who was once encouraged by God is now discouraged by the attack. The threat, hear this people of God, that the, the, the attack did exactly what it was designed to do. Deflate his faith. Say that one more time. The attack was only designed to do one thing, to deflate his faith. For those of you who don't know what the word deflate means, it means to be driving on a tire that has no air. You can't get far because your tire is flat. It's been deflated. The air has come out of it. And I want to ask a question. Don't answer it. Just look at me. How many of you have been driving on deflated faith? Where the attack that you've been going through has taken the air out of your prayer. Has taken the air out of your faith. Has taken the air out of your trust. Has taken the air out of your assurance that God who made a way is the same God who will still make a way. Has attack deflated your belief system? Has attack deflated you to the sense that you used to say this is attack of the enemy and now all of a sudden you're running because of the attack of the enemy? Has what you've gone through deflated your faith? He had usually focused on the power of God. But now he's running, coach, because maybe, and I didn't say that, Mr. Alicia didn't say this in the Bible, 
But maybe Elijah wasn't depending on God. Maybe Elijah was depending on his own performance. Could it be that instead of you thanking God for the miracle, you thank God that he used you to produce the miracle? And all of a sudden you think that without you, the miracle cannot still be produced? So instead of God getting the glory, you get the glory and you get in the way of it. So all of a sudden when God doesn't use you the same way, you get depressed. So maybe Elijah was fronting. Now I know it's difficult because y'all don't know any fronting Christians. I know it's difficult for you to hear because y'all don't know fronting worship leaders. Y'all don't know fronting pastors. Y'all don't know those type of people. Uh, but let me tell you, I know them. Sometimes I front it because I didn't want you to know my weakness. So I front it to make others think that I was greater than what I really was. So the glory was not going to God. The glory was going to me because I thought it was my talent and my skill that opened the door. But if it really wasn't God then maybe I was fronting too. And I want to expose every fronting Christian who's watching and who's sitting in the room right now, who you're going through an attack, maybe because you've been fronting. Stunting on them. <laughs> Acting like you're greater than what you really are. Instead of saying, without God, I can do nothing. Without him, I would fail. So all of a sudden, when he got attacked, when his performance got attacked, instead of him relying on the protection of God, he ran. In verses 4 through 7, I don't have it for you, but I want you to read this when you can. Uh, the historians say that he was so desperate that he ran away from his assignment. Hear this right now. He ran from his assignment the distance of 125 miles. Plus, hear this, plus a day's journey. This is the part that's going to get you. In 24 hours. How fast have you ran from God's assignment? <laughs> he ran 120. I'm not talking about he had an Uber. He didn't have a Tesla. He didn't have an Audi. He didn't have an Ultima. He didn't even have a Hoopty. He ran so fast in 24 hours that he was 125 miles away from what he thought was the attack. Maybe this isn't messing you. Maybe, uh, maybe I should have PJ come back up so we can start shouting again. But I want to talk to some of y'all who you've been on a run so long that you don't even remember what you're running from. You've been running from God's plan and running from his call so long that you don't even remember exactly when you started running. And you've just been on the run. You change your name. You change your alias name. You change your Instagram page. You change your Facebook page. You change your phone number so many times we don't even remember what it was. We don't even save it anymore. When you text us, we'll be like, oh, this is the number for the month. So we don't know if this is going to stay for the whole year or not. You've changed so many relationships that they don't even know what to call you anymore. You keep changing because you're running. Nobody knows you're running but you. But you keep blaming every season and situation on the people that you're in a relationship or around. But it's not them. It's you on the run. Come here, Jonah. 
He had one assignment. But because he didn't want to fulfill the assignment, he said, I'm going to go out and get on the storm. I'm going to get out on the boat. And because he was disobedient, he brought a storm to the people he was associated with. Are you bringing attack to people who have done nothing wrong but be associated with your disobedience? Are your children suffering because of your disobedience? Is your marriage, is your marriage suffering because you're your DMs? Merciful Savior, Coach, I'm going to need security to get out this building today. These people have a mind to fight the pastor today. You need somebody who's packing. Is it possible that the storms and the things that people are going through around you are because of your disobedience? <laughs> he was so desperate. Let me tell you something. Desperation will make you do some crazy things. He was so afraid of being found that he even told his servants, stay where you are. Stay, stay where you are so he could go further into his run. He was so discouraged, as the scripture says, he was so discouraged that he even asked God if he could die. His eyes were on his attack instead of the promises of God. But this is what blessed me, and I'm almost through here. Uh, even in the midst of him being on the run, God still took care of him. Let me tell you this real important. This I want you to hear. If you don't hear nothing else. For those of you who are confused because you're like, well, God must love me because he keeps providing for me. The gifts and the callings do come without repentance. Those of you like, I don't know what that means. What that means is, oh, he can bless your business. And you can be wrong in the same time he blesses you because he loves you. The Bible says that where sin abounded, the word abound means where sin lived, grace lived more. What that means is when you're wrong, God shows himself even stronger. How many of you all got saved and you, did, you don't even, that was a day you weren't even trying to get saved. And all of a sudden, before you knew it, it drew you out of where you were, drew you out of whatever season you were in. And all of a sudden, you said, before I knew it, I had said yes to God. Do we have any hands in the room right now? They're just, I'm not talking about some revival meeting. I'm talking about you were drunk, you were high, you were whatever. And all of a sudden, you were just like, I don't want this no more. I'm tired of this. I, I, don't, I don't even like this. You got, out of, you got out of jail. They wouldn't give you a job, but somebody gave you Jesus. All of a sudden, you were like, I, I don't even know how I got here. <laughs> because where wrong is, God is. <laughs> so in the midst of Elijah being wrong, God was still there. Can we give God praise for him still being there even when we're wrong? Have you ever gone off on somebody and all of a sudden felt convicted as soon as you finished? God was there to let you know that you were better than the words that were coming out of your mouth. <laughs> Glory. This message is better than me than it is to me. I'm going to cash out myself. So here it is. It says, here in the midst of him being on the run, God, God still sent an angel to him. The angel woke him up. He was asleep because you can get so depressed that you fall asleep. Fell asleep. Says in God, it says that the angel said, I want you to wake up. 
and I want to feed you. Uh, this is in the, y'all read the scriptures. I want to feed you. I want to feed you because you have somewhere to go. Um, there's a journey that is ahead of you. So he, he made sure uh, that he ate. He didn't even want to eat because he was so depressed. Have you ever been so depressed that you don't even want to eat? You don't even want to be bothered. You, you don't want to do anything. You just want to binge watch all day long. But in the midst of it, the angel came and said, hey, I, I want to make sure that you have what you need for your journey ahead. Uh, so he went ahead and the Lord, or he was led to a place called Horab, a mountain called Horab. Um, and this, when we get there, it says, and at that point, that is when God started to speak to him. And it says in verse 10, uh, God says to him, he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? I called you here. But you're here. I called you back here. But you're not even where I called you. You're over here hiding in a cave. And I'm saying, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah responds to him in verse 10. He says, well, I'm just, you know, I've been, I, I so need you. I so love you. And I, I've been jealous for the Lord. But the people of Israel, the people that you called me to. They've forsaken your covenant. They've thrown down your altars and killed your prophets. And I'm the only one left. I'm the only one still seeking you. I'm the only one who really loves you. Do you know that fear and discouragement will cause you to exaggerate your circumstances? Is this helping anybody? Y'all, y'all, y'all. Fear and discouragement will cause you to exaggerate what's really going on in your life. <laughs> because when you're fearful and discouraged, you'll get to the point where you're like, I can't find no good men. I can't find nobody. I mean, I can't find a job. I can't buy a date. I mean, I don't want to date nobody right now, not in Rona season, no. But I'm just, I just, it's just everything so, di- every, every, I can't find a good church. I, str- I just watch everybody's live and I ain't got no word because every, ain't nobody talking about nothing. Have you ever been in a season where you are so, everything is wrong? Everything is bad. At least that's what you've told yourself. Because discouragement and fear will have you to the point like Elijah. Here, mind you, y'all. I'm not judging you. I'm saying Elijah was a prophet used by God. But now all of a sudden he's so caught up in his attack that he's like, I'm the only one left, Lord. Ain't nobody living holy no more. Mm -mm. I'm the only one. Ain't nobody seeking you, Lord, like I do. I'm just about the only one. Lord, they don't have church like they used to, but I'm still loving you. I'm trying. Ain't nobody calling on your name like they used to. But, Lord, I'm the only one. I mean, out of all the earth. I'm the only one, Lord. I am. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been seeking you while you may be found. And I can't find nobody as holy and as righteous and loves you more than me, Lord. I mean, I'm calling on your name. I'm looking for other pastors who love you, but they ain't. They don't love you like me. I'm the only one. Have you ever told yourself I'm the only one? Y'all don't want to tell the truth. I want to tell the truth. When you get to the point where you broke and you tell yourself I'm the only one broke. <laughs> when your internet don't work, you're like, I'm the only one. Ain't nobody else's house going through this but mine. So you call the company and be like, my house is buffering. 
Is there something going on in the neighborhood? Because my house is not working, and I give y'all this money, and you better fix my internet right now because I'm trying to watch Hulu. And you tell yourself you're the only one. You get out of a relationship with a bad person, and all of a sudden you post on Facebook, can't find not one good man. And of all the men in the world, you can't find one. Ain't none. Your dog does something wrong. You're like, ain't no good dogs. Ain't no good pets. <laughs> you say you're the only one because fear and discouragement will cause you to exaggerate a truth. <laughs> but what I find about this, I got to hasten. What I find out about this is that what I love about God, God never rebuked him. God didn't chastise him. God just said, Mother Joanne, he said, I'm just going to show you myself. Some of y'all are rebuking people that you just need to let God handle. You want to get people together instead of letting God show himself. God didn't rebuke him. He didn't change him. He didn't say nothing. He said, don't worry, I'll show you who I am. <laughs> so all of a sudden in verse, and this is for some of y'all right here. This is why I'm going, Jermaine, I'm ready. This is where some of y'all are right now. Some of you are like, what? The? I finally, in verse 11 it says, and he said, go out, stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and a strong wind tore through the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks that were before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Some of y'all won't get the message until something in your life gets tore up. <laughs> Give me that wind one more time. But because some of y'all see and you hear it, and you're like, oh, that's got to be God. And y'all sing songs. God's trying to tell you something. That's what y'all been posting on Facebook. Corona, God's trying to tell you something. That's what's going on. He's trying to talk to the church because the wind. Stop it. And God ain't in the Rona. It's called theophany. The word theophany means when God will use nature to get your attention. But that's not him. But he'll use it to grab you. Someone say theophany. Can you look back to some things? Give me that wind again. Can you look back to some things that started in your life that start to sound like it was doing something, but it wasn't doing anything but tearing you up? Because you give me that wind. You couldn't sleep because it's all you heard. You couldn't do nothing because it's all you hear. It's like a tornado that's really not outside, but the tornado's going on in you. The wind is not affecting anybody else but you. Give me the stop. And God ain't even in that. But he's trying to get your attention. <laughs> Ooh, I love this message. God was not in it. But then the next thing is, go down to the next scripture. It says, and after the wind, what happened, Jermaine? After the wind, earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
Some of y'all experienced a season where you got tore up, and then you got shook up. <laughs> Some of y'all looking for something deep. I ain't giving you nothing deep today. Y'all have to look with Bishop Jakes for that. Some of y'all, give me that sound one more time. Stuff is just shaking you up. You hear stuff. Your finances, your relationships, your children. Everything around you just sounds like everything is crumbling. All it's doing is shaking some stuff up. But God was not in the shake. Someone say it ain't God yet. Somebody just say it ain't God yet. And some of y'all keep saying, I'm just tore up. I feel like I'm just shook up. Well, one more thing after that. Go, it says, and after the fire, after the earthquake, after that, go my next thing after that. Then it says, and then there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. All the stuff that has been burned up in your life for the last few months. God wasn't in it. It was theophany. He was just using it to get your attention. Is there anybody in the room right now who's been in a season of tore up? In a season of shook up? In a season of lit up? Where stuff has been lit up all around you. Just like, it, it ain't lit. It's just stuff lit. It's just like everything. It seems like everything is catching on fire. And it ain't my soul. It feels like things are just burning up. Things that I could hold on to, I can't hold on to them. Because it seems like everything is just getting lit up around me. But God was not in the wind. God was not in the earthquake. And God was not in the fire. But it says, but after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. After I got tore up, after I got shook up, after I got lit up, he spoke up. Some of y'all have not heard God because you go back to that wind somewhere. I don't know where that was. Some of you can't hear God because you're so distracted by the first sound. Can we get in the wind? I don't know if you can. That's all you're talking about. It's so much going on right now. Don't you hear it? Don't you see it? I looked at the news. Go to the next sound. And then you, after you got over that, you get through everything. It's just, uh, it's just so much. I can't, I can't even, I can't even. Woo. You better hold on to your man right now. You better hold on to your children. Hold on to your finances because everything is tearing up right now. And after you get through with that, everything I put my hand to burns up. Everything I try to touch burns up. Every business I try to put my hand to burns up. And you keep getting mad because you think God is in all of that. But after that, he spoke. If I stop right there, that would be the entire message. He's not using what you think he's using. He's not speaking there. After, someone say, after this, listen up. After the storm, after all the different things he used to get your attention, start listening. 
He used those things. I'm through Kenan. He used those things, but he wasn't in them. He used them just to reveal himself. God did not divorce you. God did not cheat on you. God did not lay you off. God did not send Corona. Hold on one second before you take me to Bishop Eddie Long. Hold on. God did not, but he'll use it to get your attention. God did not give you that co-worker that you can't stand. God didn't give you that relationship that you're in where you're just like, I just, I can't name that. It ain't that. He'll use it though to get you to start praying again. He'll use it because after that, God spoke to him. And when God spoke to him, it says that all of a sudden, God, Elijah came out. He came out of the cave. He heard a whisper and he went, he, he covered his face, came out. And when God started to speak to him, he said, in essence, the reason, Dr. Manuel, this is what the historians say, and I believe this to be true. He said, I used your Mount Carmel. I did all these different things, great big things. But this next season, I'm not going to use you in such big ways. You're not going to be tearing down stuff. You're not going to be destroying something. In this season, I'm going to be working on your heart. In this season, it's not going to be about everybody laying out on the floor prostrate and being prophesied to and all that. It's not. In this season, it's going to be called reconciliation. In this season, it's not going to be about packed churches and, and who's the best preacher. In this season, it's going to be about forgiveness. In this season, it's not going to be about how great your house is. It's going to be about who have you invited lately to share gospel, the gospel to. It's not going to be about how great you can sing and how great you are and how many followers you have on the gram or on Facebook. It's going to be about are you a follower of Jesus Christ? He said this season, Elijah, it's not going to be like that. I'm going to use other people to do that. But I'm going to use you and I'm going to speak to you in a different way. Now, Kenan, give me Eddie Long. I'm ready. Thank you. He said, I spoke to him in a, in a low whisper. And he instructed him and he said to him, he says, Elijah, I want you hear this. I'm through. I wish I could shout y'all, but I think we took care of that today. He says, I want you, Shane, I want you to go back the same way you came, Brother Barry. Go back the same way. The very thing you ran from, go back to it. Some of y'all like, that's not spiritual. He's like, the very thing you were on the run from, go back that way. He says, go back through Damascus. Go back that way. Go back. And when you go there, there are three people I want you to anoint. You just went to this cave saying, there ain't nobody but me. I'm the only one. 
He says, not only are there three people I want you to anoint. He said, there are 7,000 other prophets who have not corrupted my name. Just because you don't know them don't mean I don't have them. Just because you haven't seen the help doesn't mean God doesn't have help. Just because you haven't seen these things and just because you haven't seen reconciliation, just because you haven't seen better days does not mean better days are not coming. Can anybody receive that right now? Just because you haven't seen healing does not mean healing is not coming. Just because broke has been your middle name for a few years does not mean that wealth is not for you. He says, go back the way you came and I want you to anoint three people. One of those people that you anoint. This is the part right now that blessed me, Brandon. One of the people that you're going to anoint is going to wind up being your assistant and your successor. His name will be Elijah. God told me to give you this one word. I said all of that for this one word. This one, I, it was in prayer. The Lord said, say this to the people. Here's what the word right here. Who and what you need for your next assignment is already in place. Go back and look again. Say it again. Who and what you need for your next assignment is already in place. Go back and look again. The very thing you ran from might be the answer that you need. The very people that you say you don't want to be around right now might be the very people that are going to teach you how to pray. The very people that you keep saying, I don't want to be around this. I can't be around this. I I'm trying to get some new friends right now. They might be the very ones God wants you to develop. Do you know that while David was in the cave, the only people who came to him in the cave were not people that could help him? He had to look through the eyes of discernment and to develop an army in the midst of what he had. Some of y'all are asking God for something that he's not going to give you. He didn't use your job. I mean, he, he didn't, he wasn't in the job layoff. He wasn't in Corona. He's not in that, but he has used the fire, the wind and the earthquake just for you to hear him. And what I'm praying as we leave here today, go to, um, the F, F real quick. What I'm praying for many of you all right now is that in this season, that all of you would open up your heart and say, Lord, I want to hear you. I've been blaming this. I've been blaming that. I've been saying it's this. But Lord, if you're not in that and all you're trying to use is that to get my attention, then Lord, let me hear you. Someone just open your mouth right now and say, Lord, let me hear you. Say it again. Say, Lord, let me hear you. Is there anybody in the room who you've been saying, I've been in that season where I've been focusing on the wrong stuff. That's where the black background noise comes from. Where I thought it was the wind. I thought it was the earthquake. I thought it was that. And he's like, no. I was just trying to use that to get you back on your knees. I was just using that to get you to finally get over that crap with your sister. I was just using that to get you to call your daddy. 
I was just using that to get you back involved in ministry again. Because you've been on the run and you've been saying, I'm just tired. The church hurt and all this stuff. But I'm saying to you, I didn't do that. I used it to show you to put your trust not in man, put your trust in God. Everybody lift your hands all over the room. Can you please stand to your feet all over the room? I'm through. I'm finished. Took me a long time just to get to one thing. But I really pray that it minister to you. What I've learned, what I've learned in this season, Mel, is that I don't, I'm not responsible for how the word lands. But I am responsible for delivering what he lands. Say that again. My job is to carry the mail to the address. Now, whether you open the letter, that's up to you. When I leave this place today, he's not going to judge me based on your applause or your tweets or your reshares or your comments or lack thereof. He will judge me based on what I did not say that he told me to say. I don't know what your storm is. I don't know what you're experiencing. I don't know what your life is. And I don't know what you're experiencing. But everybody lift your hands right now over the room. Speak to my heart. Holy Spirit. Message of love. To encourage me. Lift in my heart from despair. How you love cared for me, Lord. Speak to my heart. Come on, everybody lift your hands just all over the room. I want, I want this week God to speak to you. Turn down the news if you have to. Shut off Facebook. Shut off Instagram. Shut off Twitter. Shut off Snapchat. Whatever you gotta do so that you can hear him speak to you. I can hear from you then I'll know what to do I won't go alone I'll never go on my own just let your spirit guide and let your word abide Father in the name of Jesus I pray for every hand lifted and I pray Lord that this week that they'll hear what you're saying that they won't be distracted by the earthquake, they won't be distracted by the fire, won't be distracted by the wind. But after that, speak. Speak Holy Spirit to your people and to your church. If there's anybody right now in the sound of my voice, you're saying, hey, I've never given my life to Christ. And you're saying, hey, I, I, I feel him. I feel him tugging on me. Um, if those of you who are saying, not only do I feel him tugging, I feel like he wants me to make a change in my life. 
I want to give you this opportunity to be able to, to accept Jesus or to invite him into your situation. At this church, we believe that nobody prays alone. No one prays by themselves. So will you repeat after me just on behalf of the person who needs to make a decision? You might be saved, but for somebody who needs you to pray out loud so they can pray out loud. Everybody together, let's say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Speak to me. I've been so distracted by the things I've seen but you're not in those things so Lord speak to my heart I confess you as my Lord save me I'm ready to follow you thank you for dying for me thank you for getting up for me I make you my Lord and my Savior in Jesus I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers support and generous giving that make this ministry possible for more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.